This week's parsha is Parshas Vayikra. We enter into the world of Karbanes. In Parak Yimel Pasuk Tezayin, the Pasuk says, V'iktiram ha-kayin ha-mizbecha. The kayin is makterit on the mizbeach. Lechem isha l'reach nichayach. Kol chelev la-Hashem. Kol chelev la-Hashem, at the end of that Pasuk, implies that all of the fats go to Hashem. All of the fatty, the geshmaka part of the carbon is supposed to be earmarked for Hashem. There's a famous Rambam in the end of Hilchas Yisurim is Be'ach. The Rambam writes as follows. Haraitza lezaka is atzmai. If a person wants to merit himself Yaakov Yitzray Hara, he has to try to suppress his Yitzhahara, the Yarchiv Yaday, and he should be generous. The Yavi Karbanay Min Hayofeva Meshubach Biyaser Shabaisa Min Shiyav Mimanu. When a person is faced with bringing a carbon of any sort, there are many varieties of carbones. There's an oila, there's a shlamim, there's a chatos. A person goes and he has to pay for a carbon. And he's at the point of purchase. Carbonis are not cheap. Carbonis are very, very expensive commodities. To buy a, a sheep is probably a few hundred dollars. To buy a bull is probably a few thousand dollars. And then there's many price points in between. It's like when you go to get a, an esrig. So you could buy a, an $18 esrig on the street, or you can go to a dealer and ask him to bring out something from the back for a few hundred dollars. And then there's all types of prices in between. And the Ramam is telling us that when you go to the place to buy a carbon, or when you go into your own corral to pick out that carbon to bring to the Beis HaMikdash, to be makrib as a carbon to Hashem, you should be markrib yadai. You should not look to save money. Don't look to be cheap. Don't look to... Now is not the time to be very tight-wadded. A person has to be generous. A person has to earmark the best carbon to Hashem. He brings a riot from the Torah. It's very rare. The Ramam goes on a whole drush over here in the middle of the Sefer Yad. He says, In the Torah it says, We know that there were two brothers at the beginning of time. There was Cain and Hevel. And Hevel brought Mi Kayan decided to bring from a more inferior type of product as his carbon Hashem. Hevel decided to bring the best carbon Hashem. And who did Hashem turn to? Hashem favorably turned to Kayan and his to Hevel and his carbon. And the Ramam says that we see from here that a person when he's bringing a carbon Hashem is supposed to bring the best. Nothing short of the best will suffice when you are bringing Takarish Baruch a gift in the form of a carbon. 
And then the Ramam continues. Vuadin any time that we bring something to Hashem, Hashem Atayv, Hakel Atayv, the good Lord, the good Hashem, we have to likewise bring something that's the best to Him. If He's the best, then He deserves nothing short of the best. In Bona based Tefillah, the Ramam says of a person, build a shul. The shul that a person builds should be more beautiful than his own home. That's Allah in Shulchan Aruch. Certain people are very mapping on this. Certain people, they build, you know, the shul in town is the most beautiful edifice in the whole city. And people put a lot of money into it and they put a lot of time and they beautify it. And their homes are much less ornate and elaborate than the shul, and that's the way it should be. Unfortunately, there are some communities that do the opposite, that they have beautiful homes, and the shuls are, are much less so. They're nice, but they're not at all, you know, the same edifice as their personal homes. The Rambam says it's absolutely wrong. A person is supposed to build a shul, a bayis Hashem, which is far and away nicer than your own personal home. I think there's a nicer that's told about um, Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. He used to live, he was the Rav Yerushalayim, he used to live, if you're walking down the outskirts of Yerushalayim to go to the Kaisel, you know, where, you know, right as you're going on the way down to the plaza, outside of the, where the buses come to drop off people and pick up people from the Kaiso. So on the road down, there's like a little window in the basement part of the house on the left-hand side of that road as you're walking down. And that was the place where Yosef Chaim Zunfeld lived. There was Mamish a little hovel. And the British... The British uh, emissary, I don't know, I guess uh, some ambassador came to visit Eretz Yisrael during the mandate and he, and, he, um, and he wanted to see the chief rabbi of Jerusalem. So they took him there and, you know, he had to like bang his head into the little archway, you know, that gets down into Rabbi Yisrael Chaim's little basement apartment. And he says, you're the chief rabbi of Jerusalem. So shouldn't you live in like a more ornate type of home? Like, what are you living down in this basement for? I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't sleep here for a single night. How, how do you not have a... So Rabbi Yisrael Chaim says, uh, you know, Your Excellency, let me take you for a little walk. And they walk down the road to the Kaisel, which the Kaisel today looks very beautiful. But back in those days, the Kaisel was much different. And there wasn't that vast expanse and that huge open area. And there was a little, you know, place that you were able to maybe fetch and daven. But there was, you know, it was very, very limited. And it was very not taken care of. And the churban of Yerushalayim was still evident. And Rebbe Chaim points there and he says, If God is able to live in that hovel, so I can live in this hovel. A person has to understand, like, you have to, you can't outdo God. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
is not living in a place that's as nice as yours, there's something wrong with the picture. And so the Ramam is cautioning us that when we build a shul, when we build a yeshiva, when we build a bayis Hashem, that bayis Hashem has always have to be on a higher madriga than our own personal homes. We must not ever build these huge ornate palaces for ourselves and then go to a little shtibol that's all decrepit to daven takedish That's not the right way to do it, says the Ramam. And the Ramam continues. Hechil ro'av. If you're feeding somebody who's hungry, you're feeding a poor, hungry man. Yachil you're supposed to invite him in and have him partake of the best of your table. You're not supposed to throw him some scraps and some leftovers. A person is supposed to give him from whatever you have and better than what you have. That's what you're supposed to do when an ani comes. Kisa arum in When you are able to have the ability to provide an ani with clothing, a person should not just give them your hand-me-downs. If a person has the right hashkafa about what's going on, a person should give the best of clothing to the Ani. My great-great-grandfather, Rabbi Yitzhak Daiv Alevi Bamberger, was the Rav of Würzburg. He was one of the Gedele Adar in Germany in the 1800s. And the story is told that he was once giving a shear in his yeshiva in Würzburg, and then an ani came in, and after the shear was over, he came over to my, to my Zayda, and he said to him, you know, I need a, I need a new pair of shoes, I need, my, my shoes are all tattered and torn, and, you know, there was really nothing left of them. So my Zayda went, and he ran home, and he brought him back. He had bought a brand new pair of Shabbos shoes. Now today, you know, it's not such a big deal. You go to the store, you go to Century 21, and for, you know, $60, $70, you get yourself a nice pair of shoes. In those days, to get a pair of shoes, you have to go to a, an actual shoemaker. And they had to measure your foot, and they had to start from scratch. And it was like a very expensive proposition. It wasn't just, some, you know, something you could just, you know, get a new pair right away. They didn't, things didn't work that way back in those days. And he had a special brand new pair of Shabbos shoes. And that's what he ran back and gave to this Ani. So his Talmidim asked, like, why did you just give your shoes? Your, shoe, your weekday shoes are much better than the Ani shoes. And you know, you, then you could use your Shabbos shoes instead of your weekday shoes. Why would you give him the best? He says, the Ramam says you have to be able to be Mechasa and Ani with the best. He says, old shoes he has already. I should give him my old shoes Okay, granted, they're better than his shoes, but that's not the best. When you give something to an honor, you have to give the best that you have. And the Ramam continues. If you're makdish something to the Badagabayas, you want to give something to the local shul, you don't give your garbage, you don't give the stuff that anyway you're going to throw out. You try to give the best that you have. It's a different perspective on giving. A lot of times we think we're generous because we're giving, like after I finish wearing my suit and it's all shiny, then I should like put it in one of those big, uh, you know, uh, tzedakah boxes and I feel like a big tzaddik. That's not a tzaddik. It's better than throwing it in the garbage, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not really the ideal way of giving tzedakah. 
Washing money after wear your, you know, your torn suit. Better to give a real good, nice suit to an ani and let him feel like a mensch. And where does the Rambam get all this from? The Rambam ends and he says, The Rambam marshals a proof from this to all of this that he just said from the Pasuk that says in our parsha, it says that all of the chilev, the gishmak, the fattiest parts, the animals, fattiest parts, that should go to Hashem. Don't give HaKadosh Baruch Hu like the stuff that anyway you wouldn't use. You take the best that you have and that's what you give to the Rabbi Nishlaim. It's a madrega. But that's what's expected of a yid. There's a halacha in Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim Sun Kuf Pei. And we know this halacha, I think. The halacha says that which means that before a person benches, you always have to make sure that there's still pass on the table. Normally that's not a problem because, you know, you clear the table after you bench. It's a lot of it's a problem more like in a restaurant. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant and the waiter comes over and he's starting to clear the table. He didn't bench yet. And they take the bread basket off the table. You should say, you know, just let that stay until after bench. Thank you, but keep it on the table until after benching. Now, where does this halacha come from? Why do I have to leave the pas on the table until after benching? So Mishnah Burra writes there that you have to leave it on the table so that if an ani should come into your house and knock on the door in the middle of your meal, you should have what to feed him. It shouldn't be that the meal is over. You should always reserve something for the ani to partake in. And then the Mishnah continues, and he says a shla. He says, that it's roy v'nachayin sheyitein la'ani hatayv shebesholchan. Like what the Ramam said. You should give an ani the best. When you're feeding an ani, don't give him what you didn't want anyway. You know, the stuff that's left over of leftovers. You should give the ani the best that you have. Ubefrat imu ani chashuv. Especially if it's a chashuv ani that comes to you. Like a tamad chacham. Because with this, you're showing that you're greeting him with Sever Panim Yafes. I praise those communities. In the olden days, they didn't have yeshivas with dormitories, with kitchens, with you know, with all types of foods, breakfast, lunch, and supper. In the olden days, the yeshiva basically looked like a shivo, who was a base medrash, a local base medrash, and the rob of the city would also teach talmidim, but he didn't have the ability to feed all these talmidim. He wasn't going out on, you know, on, on fundraising missions and, and raising million-dollar budgets. It was, they were living on shoestrings. So, basically, what they did was they housed the bathroom in homes in the neighborhood for a whole year or for many years. So Ruben would stay by the Schwartzes and Shimon would stay by the Levies 
and they would feed the Bachrim also the meals in their homes. It was called eating Ted, because a lot of times there was like rotation. So Reuven would eat in, by the, uh, the Marinowitzes on, on Mondays, and they'd eat by the Samanowitzes on Tuesdays, and they would make the rounds. So it was, because, it was called eating Ted, you were eating days. I was eating Tuesday by you, and Wednesday by you, Friday by you, Shabbos by you. And that's the way it would go. So the Shlach Kaddish says, and this is all brought down in Mishnaburah, how praiseworthy these Balabatim are that are home, that are housing these Bachram in their homes. <clears throat> and they're supporting them by their tables. He says, the Balabatim that do this are, are Yaitse two things, mitzvahs, two mitzvahs at once. First of all, these boys are aniyim, so it's tzedakah, and it's also the mitzvah of Divrei Taira, because your some of these boys are, stay, are saying Divrei Taira at the table, and it'll bring, bring Taira into the homes. And he says that when the Bachram eat two meals a day in your home, the Lashon L'Shlach Kadesh is, and again, a reference to Karbanes, Nechshav Kishnei Timidim. It's as if the Balabayas is bringing the two daily Talmuds. We know that there were two Talmuds that were brought every day in the Mikdash. There was Talmud Shal Shachar and the Talmud Shal Bein Arbayin. And if you feed a Bachar two meals a day, it's like you're being Mekayim, the two Timidim. That's what the that's what the Shlach Kaddish says as it's brought in the Mishnah Baruch. So this is what we have to do with our life. We have to figure out a way that whatever we have that's the best, we have to say, this is Kaddish Lashem. I don't want the best for me. I have the right to take the best. Everything comes from Hashem. I should, I should hop the best for myself and give him the secondhand stuff. So whenever you have an opportunity to be makdish something to Hashem, whenever you have the opportunity to do a mitzvah Hashem, try to do it in the best way possible. And we're talking about, you know, entering the days of Purim. They'd say stories about big tzaddikim that, you know, obviously you're mahadr in a lot of things throughout the year, but there are things that you don't even think about being mahadr, and everybody knows how to be mahadr in Shalachmanis. Hopefully people know how to be Mahadr and Matan and as well. People make a beautiful Suda. There is a, a person that went to the bank. And you know something? I saw myself people in my lifetime that went to the bank on Purim morning to get crisp bills for the Aniyam to take. Who thinks to do that? I watch, I, it's, what, what's the rhythm make of it? It's an old crumply dollar bill or a $20 bill or a $100 bill or a brand new one. But he wanted to give kolchel of Hashem. When you're giving a matana to an ani, so you want to give it in the best way possible. So he went to the bank and got the beautiful brand new bills. So that would be the best way that I could be mahadir in the mitzvah. That's kolchel of Hashem. It's kishmak to have a $20 bill that's brand new. Much more than one of these old ones any little way that you could be mahadr in a mitzvah and say, this is what I'm giving to you, Hashem. That's what I want to do. I saw a Misa about Rabbuna Mipshischa, one of the great Kedalea Hasidus, and he was once staying in an inn. 
And in this inn, Balabayas, the innkeeper, was complaining to Simcha Bunim about, you know, how he's not really making parnasa and the inn is very shvach and the economy is bad. And he has like tons of vodka down in the basement and no one's buying his vodka. You know, people are, are, are not spending as much as they used to. And Imamish doesn't have the way to make a, a living anymore. It's very, very shvach. And he was complaining and complaining. Anyway, so Simcha Bunim was staying in this inn, and he used to learn in the basement. That's where, I guess, you know, that's where he was learning. I don't know why, but maybe it was warmer down there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where he was staying. And so he was sitting learning in the basement, and unbeknownst to the Balabayas, Simcha Bunim was within earshot of what he was going to be saying, this Balabayas, as he was coming down the stairs. What happened was that there was an Ani that came into the inn. And he says, I can't afford to stay here for the night, but please, I'm freezing. I really would like a room in your inn, but I can't pay. So Balabais was a tzaddik. He says, okay, you'll stay in my inn, and you know, it'll be fine. It's on me. So after the Ani settles in, he comes down, and he says, you know, I'm really cold. He says, do you happen to have any vodka? So says, you want vodka? You know, vodka is expensive. He says, yeah, I know, but I, you know that I can't pay. He says, all right, I'll get you some vodka. So the Balabayas goes downstairs and he takes a cup of vodka and he says, this is for the Ani. And then he spills it on the floor. He says, no takes another, he opens the spout again, he takes another full glass of vodka. Vodka is very expensive. He says, no, he spills it out again. Simchabunim didn't know what he was doing. Takes a third cup, spills it on the floor. Finally, the fourth cup, he says, okay, this is for the Ani. So afterwards, Simchabunim goes over to the innkeeper and says, I know that you weren't aware that I was listening, but what was going on down there? You were spilling out this expensive vodka on the floor. You, don't, you can't afford that. What was your kavana? <clears throat> so the innkeeper said that this Ani asked me for a, for a cup of vodka. And, you know, it's hard for me. It's really hard for me to give an Ani free vodka. That's not, I'm not in the business of that. I can't afford to be so, you know, have such largesse with, with, with non-paying customers. So it's very difficult. It's a big sign for me. So, but I was kaivish my age. So I went down and I filled up a cup but then I realized that this cup of vodka was not really done completely with a simcha salev that I should be having to be mekayim a mitzvah of tzedakah with an ani. He says, I didn't want that cup to go to the ani, so I spilled it out. Then I thought finally I was able to muster enough simcha and, 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 and l'shema in the next cup, but then I said, no, that's not enough. And the same thing with the third cup. Finally with the fourth cup, I was able to like have a kavana that it's kulai l'shem shemayim. I'm happy to give it. I don't at all begrudge the fact that the ani is not paying for it. This is a mitzvah that I'm doing total l'shma kol chelav Hashem. Everything that I'm giving, I'm giving the best Hashem. I'm not giving it with any cheapness. When I give and when I do to HaKadosh Baruch it should be with a full heart and an open hand and a pure mind, that this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu deserves, this is what he wants, and this is what I'm going to do is Ratzin.
There was a great rabbi by the name of Rabbi Abraham Mardachai of Gur, one of the Gera rabbis. He was the son of the Sfas Emes. And there was somebody that came to him, one of the Hasidim, and said that he doesn't have a pair of tefillin to wear today because his tefillin were stolen. So he said to the rabbi, do you maybe have a pair that I could, I could wear? So the rabbi said, okay, hold on a second. And he goes to like the back of his house, to like a safe, and he opens up a very, you know, locked, precious room, and he takes out a pair of tefillin, and he's holding it mamish like it's, you know, priceless. And he puts it down on the table, and he says, here, you could wear this pair. So he says, you know, why, you know, there's probably other places you could get tefillin from, you keep your, your tefillin in the storage, you know, in a safe every night, he says, no, 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 the regular tefillin I wear, you know, that's right here. This is a special pair of tefillin. He says, what's so special about these tefillin? He says, these are tefillin that I yarsh, I was the Bukhar of my father, I yarshin these tefillin from the Svasemes. The Svasemes is tefillin. So, you know, he says, Svasemes is tefillin. He says, I, 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 I can't put the Svasemes is tefillin on my head. He says, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, you know, people, if you understand what the tefillin and the Svasemes are, you know, it's something that you wouldn't, you know, you probably wouldn't be in the same city with the Shul and the Sasemis. They're so holy. I remember when I was a Bakr, I, I had a roommate who was a, a grandson, a great-grandson of the Chavetz Chaim. And he asked me before my chasna if I'd like to, some of his friends, he left, his father has Birusha, the Gartel of the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim's Gartel. And he says, sometimes I, I lend to my friends under their chuppah, you know, the Gartel to wear from the Chavetz Chaim. So he said, would you like to wear them under your chuppah? So, you know, part of me did want to. And then I thought my father probably wouldn't like it so much. So, but besides for that, I said, I can't wear the gartel of the Chavetz Chaim. I said, you know, like, I, you know, I, I really like breathing. I like living. I, I don't want to get burned up by the gartel of the Chavetz Chaim. It's too holy. You know, who, who can wear the garb of the Chavetz Chaim and, like, you know, and, and stand straight? I mean, how can, you, how can you stand under the chuppah with the garb of the Chavetz Chaim around you? So this chassid was able to hop this. He said, like, I can't wear, I appreciate it, but I can't wear the tefillin of Sasemis. So he said, okay, fine, so you'll wear these tefillin. He gave him a regular pair of tefillin, and that he put on. So his sons asked, asked the rabbi, he says, how could you even offer to give him the tefillin of the, of the Satsamas. He says, these are the tefillin of the Satsamas. You don't even wear these on a, on a daily basis. Like, you know, Arab and Kippur, maybe you put them on. How do you give a regular chassid the tefillin of the Satsamas to wear? So he says, the Rambam says, kol Whenever you do a mitzvah, you're not supposed to look to skimp on mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that we perform are supposed to be done with the best things that we have. The best pair of shoes, the best clothing, the best vodka and the best filling. Whenever we look, don't look to say, all right, fine, I'll let him go with this. You know, my good stuff is in the back, but I'm going to, you know, I'll give him what's, what's less good, but he's happy with that. Everybody's happy. Everybody's good. You give him the best. We don't be cheap. We don't try to reserve what's best for us and for Hashem and for his mitzvahs and for his parents, for, for his aniyim. We give, you know, we give second or third best and get away with it. We're supposed to be very very magnanimous with the Rabbi Nishayla. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us everything after all. Where does it all come from? We think it's ours and we're sharing it with the Rabbi Shalom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it. It's all ours on loan. It's all ours from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we use it properly, if we show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we're able to give back what he has to him, that works. That's a good arrangement. But if we don't give him back what he lent to us, it's like a chutzpah. He gave it to us on loan that we should use it like he wants us to use it and we're, we're, we're begrudging him that? <laughs> this is very Negea for us in Yeshiva. Because in Yeshiva, we also are giving the best. What are we giving the best of? Maybe we don't have so much money to give Tanian, and maybe we don't always have opportunities to do things at this stage of our life that are showing Akarishparko, you know, how we're spending our money in appropriate ways, building shuls, building yeshivas, doing mitzvahs on large scales in Mitzvah But in a way, we are very much giving Kalchel of Hashem. Because what we're giving the Rabbi in these years that we're in Yeshiva, and I'm just saying this because it's something that we should appreciate what we're doing. If we're doing it already, we might as well, you know, have the right kavanas while we're doing it. What you're doing is you are mamish giving kolchel v'ashem. Because these years that you're in Yeshiva are the best years of your life. There's no doubt about it. There is no better tkufa in life than the years that you're in yeshiva as a bachar. I'm not saying that they're the best years just merely because it's a great yeshiva. These are the best years of a human being's life, whether you're Jewish, whether you're non-Jewish, whether in any, you know, whatever you are, any denomination, you are living now the best years of your life, period. People think, you know what, every stage of life, you know, high school, I didn't like high school. I didn't like base matters, shade either. I think when I get married, that's when it's going to be better. Or when I have children, when I have grandchildren, when I'm like retired. It's always like the goal line always like moves forward. Like then it's going to be better. Then it's going to be better. But I'll tell you right now, stop thinking that way. It's not true. The years that you're spending right now, your years of life, let's say from the years 18 to 23. Those are the best years of a human being's life. Your mind is able to comprehend things in a mature way. You don't look at things sophomorically. You're looking at things with already with a, a more mature eye. You're able to physically be, you know, healthy and strong and robust in Hashem, hopefully. This is Mamish. These are the years. This is, this is the year. When you're young and you're, you're able to be, have vitality. These are the best years of your life. And a person, during these best years of his life, could be doing a lot of other things. We know that. I'm sure we all have friends in high school, or maybe even in Israel, that they chose not to go to a yeshiva after, after they finished high school or base matters. They chose to go to, on a different path. And their path might look very, very tempting to you. They're partying, 
and they don't have the Isle of Mitzvahs, perhaps, or if they do, it's very limited, and they're able to do this, and they're able to do that, and to have a, what seems to be precast oil. And it's, sometimes it's very tantalizing. After all, you know, this is the time to chaperain. This is when I'm young. This is when I'm able to, to enjoy life to its fullest. This is what, you know, these are the years that a person is, you know, uh, you know could do a lot of fun stuff. But instead, you made a decision. And you decided to say to the Rabbi Shalom, you gave me this life. You gave me these Meitav Shnaisai. These are the best years of my life. And what I'm doing with these best years of my life is I'm giving them to you. I'm being Makdish Kol Chela Vashem. My life is not being spent in some college or university or, or some place to party. My life is being spent learning a Baye Learning a Rambam, learning a Rashba, learning a Ritva. This is what I'm giving my life to. I'm giving it to you. It's Kolchela Vashem, the fattiest years of my life. I'm saying, these are yours, God. I'm giving them fully to you, and this is what I'm dedicating myself to. It's amazing what you're doing. You don't need stories about my grandfather with his shoes, and about Rebus with their vatka and Rebus with their, with their tefillin. I believe that what you're doing is on a higher madrega than all of them. Because you're giving the meta of Shnaisa, you're giving your, 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 the essence of you, your life, Takarish Baruch in the best years of your life. Isn't that an amazing idea? But it's something that, like the vodka, you have to spill it out until you get this in your head. Until you realize that this is what I'm doing in Taka. Once I'm doing it anyway, let me really get the full taikif out of it. Let me understand and appreciate and say, Taka, he's right. I am giving the best years of my life to Hashem. And I want to give that. And I want to give it with a full heart. Once you're doing it anyway, do it with that fourth cup of Atka. Do it the best. Do it with all the Shem Shemayim. Because then you don't know the Hanah that the Rabbi Hashem gets from such a, a selfless act of dedication to him. There's a pasuk in Parshas Vayechi that speaks about Yisachar. It says, "Vayar Menucha Kitayv v'Asharetz Kinaima." Yisachar saw Menucha. He saw the concept of rest and relaxation. He says, "Wow, that's good. It's Kishmak. Menucha is good. Menucha is a very good thing." V'Asharetz Kinaima. And the land that it was sweet. And then what Yisachar did was he bent down his shoulder to accept a burden. Yisachar was like a chamar, like a donkey, who saw that Menucha was sweet. The land was satisfying. And then what did he do? He didn't say, all right, you know, you think that the end of the Pasuk is, he saw Menucha was sweet, so he took a lounge chair and got a pina colada and he sat with a paper. doesn't say that. It says, Vayet Shech Lispo. He bent down his shoulder to accept the heaviest package, to accept the heaviest burden on his shoulders. What's going on in this Pasuk? Was he, he's bipolar? He saw that Menucha was sweet? Oh, no, no, I want, I want it schlep. So if you want a shlap, what are you looking at Menucha for? If you want Menucha, what are you schlapping for? What's going on here? 
So the Pasuk says, so the way the Chazanish understands it is as follows. He says, our Vart. He says, when a Yid wants to be makr of a carbon what does he do? He's supposed to go and find the best animal and be makr of that takarishvarchu, not take the sickly, old, dying animal and say, oh good, I have, now I have, a good re- I have a good way to get rid of it. I was going to shoot it, instead I'll give it as a carbon. No. You take the best, you take your prized, you know, blue ribbon animal, and you go bring that to the base of Mikdash, say, this is Kaidish Lashem. So the Chazanish says that this is exactly what Yisachar did. Yisachar, who represents Bnei Taira, there's Yisachar and there's Volan. Yisachar represents what a Ben Taira is. Yisachar is not somebody that sits in yeshiva and doesn't know at all what's going on out there. We know what's going on in the real world, quote-unquote. We know that there's a lot of geschmack out there to be had. There's a lot of pleasure. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of adventure. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of social opportunities. We're not stupid. We know what's going on in the world, for better or for worse. You know what Yisachar does? Vayar menucha kitai. He sees Menucha. He sees that there's a concept in the world called Menucha. I don't have to like break my head over a Rambam. I don't have to do you know, all of these mental gymnastics day and night. I want to just relax. I want to take it easy. I want to be able to enjoy life a little bit. I want to go see Europe. I want to travel the world. I want to be able to taste Ilam Haza a little bit. I want to have a nice life. Isn't that what everybody wants? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what we all want. That's what the American Constitution says that we're supposed to be looking for. Dayar Menucha Kitaiv. Yisachar looks at Menucha. says, wow, that's great. I want that. Don't look at Menucha and say, oh, that's terrible. That's corrupt. That's decadent. Well, that's not for me. No, no, I do want it. Trust me, I want it. I see that it's good. I see that it's Kishmak out there. And then you know what I do? Zayet Shikh Lispar. At that point, once I have in the crosshairs what I really want, and I recognize the fact that Menucha is Kishmak, that the life out there is really great. You know, sometimes there's two approaches to life. Either you could say, oh, you know, all those Goyim, they're not really enjoying life and they're having a terrible time. It's really not nice for them. They're not, you know, they're not enjoying it. And we're really enjoying life in yeshiva. That's one approach, and it's probably true. I've probably said it many times myself. But you know what? There's another way of looking at life that's maybe a little bit closer to reality sometimes. And that is that, no, the Goyim and the people outside, in the outside world at my age, they're enjoying life. And they're having a great time. And it's something that I really, in part of my mind, wouldn't mind having either. But then you know what I do? I say, I want that! Now let me learn a Gemara. Because now I'm going to give up that Menucha that I could potentially so easily have like they have, but I'm going to give it up to the Rabbi Nishon so that I could sit and learn a black Gemara. That's what I'm doing. That's what Yisachar is. Azayzak the Hele Chazayin Ish. It's good out there. The land is great. There's so much to be had out there. It's such a gishmaka world. 
And Yisachar says, now I'm going to bend down and I'm going to take that heavy load of Torah on my shoulder for the Rebbein Shalom gift called Chela Hashem. It's a different way of looking at things. It's a Chiddush. Only the Chazanish could say such a thing. The Chazanish was the ultimate Amo HaTayra. A real, a person who gave his every day and his every minute and his Dama Tamtus for the Tayra Kedesha. It's a good world. Yusaka recognized the world. We don't have to like sit in a, in a dark room and pretend that the world outside is not light. It's light out there. There is light out there. There's a lot of light. It's a dark world, but it's also light. And we could say to ourselves, I want that world. It's not a, it's not a terrible Avera. The Gemara says that you're supposed to, you're not supposed to say, I don't want to eat chazer. You say, I want to eat chazer, but I can't. The Torah says, I can't. But a person is able to say that I'm giving up that world that I really want. I'll be honest, I do want that world. I'm giving it up for you, HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, I'm giving you the best that I, I could have, a Gishmak life. I'm giving it to you. I'm being matched my best years to you. That is the ultimate sacrifice. It's the most beautiful sacrifice. And if we're able to have those kabbanas, the, the hanah, the nachas ruach that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets from our carbon is lamayla from all the carbonas that we're going to learn in Sefer Vayikra. There is no greater carbon than what we're doing in this face medrash. Day after day. Morning Seder, night Seder, afternoon Seder, Shabbos, Yantif. We are giving the mate of Shneisa. When I say we, I don't mean me. I'm finished. You. You're giving the mate of Shneisa to the Rabbi Nishayim. And you don't know the Hanah, the Nachasruach, that in 2014 there's a Bachar that had opportunities and he gave up those opportunities to sit in the base Medish with those Kavanas. That is the ultimate carbon. As we go into Seva Vayikra, you are the carbon. You are the most beautiful, precious, valuable carbon that HaKadosh Baruch has of all the Karbanas that we're going to lay. There is no greater carbon than what you're doing. Just a story came into my mind as I was giving the shmuz. I was going to pull out a pen write it down because sometimes I forget things. Um, and maybe it's anticlimactic from what I just said, but maybe it's not. We used to have a Talmud in Yeshiva who, he was from England, and he had relatives, like an uncle, an aunt who lived in, in, in Brooklyn. And he came over to me one Sunday morning this time and said, I, I must tell you a story and it's going to blow your head off. And, and it did. And I've been saying this story for years and years. I don't think I've said it you know, in the past few years, but I just remembered it. It's, uh, to me, at the time, I was so nisrashim from this story, so nisragish. He says that he has this net, he has this, it's like, it's like a cousin, I guess. It's, it's his uncle and aunt's, it's like, whatever, it's, it's his relative's child. And his relative's child was a boy at the time of seven. Today he's probably married. But the, he was a child of seven, eight years old. Very nice, able, a fine, pachenta boy. And every Arab Shabbos, Every Arab Shabbos, his grandfather, this boy's grandfather, would come to the house 
and would bring his grandson, his precious beloved grandson, a peckle, like a, you know, like a candy bag that had all types of good nash in it. And he'd say good Shabbos, he'd give him a kiss, and then he would go on his way. This was every Shabbos. So one time, my Talmud was in the house when the grandfather came and brought this peckle to his grandson. So, you know, you're schmoozing with this boy, and he said, says, no, you know, Chaim, you're going you're gonna to share with me some pekloch? Some, some of your food? Like, let's open it up. Let's have some together. Says, says, no. Says, what do you mean, no? You're saving it for Shabbos? Says, no. Says, come into my room. He brings him into his room, and he opens up a drawer, one of the dresser drawers. And in the dresser drawer, he has about a hundred of these pekloch just sitting there. A hundred pekloch just sitting there, you know, probably $1,000, $2,000 worth of candy. He says, what is this? He says, every Arab Shabbos, my, father, my grandfather brings me a pekloch for Shabbos Kaidish. He says, and I never touch it. He says, I take it, and I put it in this drawer. Pesach, I sell it, sell the drawer, and then after Pesach, we open it up, and I put more pekloch in. Nobody knows. He says, well, what are you saving it for? Laman Hashem, like, what are you saving it for? He says, these pekloch. He says, I'm saving for Mashiach comes. I am not going to touch them until Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, we're going to have a big party. And that's when we're going to open this drawer. We're going to eat all these pekloch. But until then, I'm saving them for Mashiach. This is a hasaga of a seven-year-old boy growing up in New York circa 2006. This is kolchel of Hashem. A young child has the musr that I could take. Which child does that? Who does that? You know, as soon as my wife brings packages into the house with candy, but, you know, ten minutes later, it's all gone. Who has the hasaga to say, I'm not going to touch the pekloch, I'm saving it from a sheikh? Who lives with such a concept except for a person who is able to understand this Rambam of Kolchei of Hashem? This is not mine to enjoy. This Eilam Hazah is not mine to enjoy. Akadosh who gave it to me to give back to him. To give him the best. To have a little bit of Kishas Hayetzer to hold back, to withstand temptation, not just stam because it's the right thing to do, but it's the only thing that I want to give to the Rabbi Nishayim. I'm not just merely not doing things that I shouldn't because it's an Abeira and I might get punished. I'm not doing what I shouldn't be doing because I'm giving you my kaychas. Instead of squandering my kaychas and doing it, using my kaychas, I want to use my kaychas for Tyra. I want to be Hayat Sheikh my I want to bend down and be macabre with my strength. More chazalan, more taira, more alacha, more musr. And that's what I believe you're doing. You're taking your pekloch. You're taking your candy, your nash, which is your years, your life. The best that you have. And you're saying, I could be using it for other things. But I want to give it to the Rabbi Nishlam. I want to be Maktish, my mate of Shnaisai, my mate of Kaychaisai. Somebody once went to Rabbi Khan and said, like, how much am I supposed to, you know, push myself? Like, I, I feel depressed. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm not, 
I'm not learning as well as like the best guy in yeshiva. I'm not learning as much as the biggest master in yeshiva. Like, who, what's my responsibility? So he says, all the Rabbanishalim expect from you is taichacha umaychacha. Your kayak and your mayak. Your personal strength and your personal wattage. You're not mechoyim to be Albert Einstein or Lahavdul or Ragachav because you don't have that brain. You have your brain and you have to use your brain according to the amount of, kay- of mayak that you have. You're not mechoyim to be the strongest man in the world. You can't do everything. But you have special kaychas yourself and you have to figure out what those talents and what those kishrinas and what those things that you have that make you different and unique and special are, and you have to give those to the Rabbi Nishalim. But whatever you do have, your kayak and your mayak, when you're giving those to the Rabbi Nishalim, when you're using your mind, instead of using your mind for things that are usr, you use your mind for kaydash kadashim, then you are niskadish kaydash kadashim. And when you use your kaychas, instead of using it to do things that are dvarim asurim, you're using it for dvarim mutarim and dvarim that are, that are mitzvahs then you're being matish, your basar, and your dam on the Mizbeach every day. And there is no beautiful, no more beautiful carbon to the Rabbi Yishlam than that. So that's all I wanted to share with you today. That you are given kol chelav Hashem, but it's important to realize that that's exactly what you're doing, because you're doing it anyway. So let's have the right kavanas. And hopefully, together, we'll all be able to take all of these special kaychas that we're giving the Rabbi Nishayim, all of our pekloch, all of our kolchel of Hashem, and Amir Hashem will be able, when Mashiach Tzakenu finally does come, to go over to him, and to go over to the Rabbi Nishayim, and to say, I've been waiting for you, and here are all of the gifts, here are all of the kaychas, all the menucha that I let go, in order to be yet shich my lispel. Here it is. Here is my matana, here is my mincha shlucha, Hashem. This is my tmidim kesidram. Every day we daven and we learn tmidim kesidram. These are my tmidim. And the Rabbi Shalom will then say, I know. I've been enjoying the karbanis that you've been bringing me every single day. And ashrechem. Ashrechem, that you're a to be in yeshiva like ours. Ashrechem, that you're able to bring these karbanis to Baruch and Alabai, that we should be zaychem, mitz Hashem, to give the chaylev la Hashem in person with the bidding based on mikdash from Meir Amen. <laughs>